Chapter Thirty of Virgin Soil, Volume Two, by Ivan Turgenev, translated by Constance Garnett. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A fortnight later, in the same place, this is what Neshtanov was writing to his friend Celine as he bent over his little three-legged table on which a tallow candle gave a dim and niggardly light. It was long after midnight. On the sofa and on the floor lay mud-stained garments, hurriedly flung off. A fine, incessant rain was pattering on the window-panes, and a strong, warm wind breathed in great sighs about the roof. Dear Vladimir, I am writing to you without putting an address, and this letter will even be sent by a messenger to a distant posting-station, because my presence here is a secret. And to tell it you might mean the ruin not of myself alone. It will be enough for you to know that I have been living at a large factory, together with Mariana, for the last fortnight. We ran away from the Sipyagins the very day I wrote to you last. We were given a home here by a friend. I will call him Vasily. He is the chief person here, a splendid fellow. Our stay in this factory is only temporary. We are here till the time comes for action. Though to judge by what has happened so far, this time is hardly ever likely to come. Vladimir, my heart is heavy, heavy. First of all, I must tell you that though Mariana and I have run away together, we are so far as brother and sister. She loves me, and has told me she will be mine if... I feel I have the right to ask it of her. Vladimir, I don't feel I have the right. She believes in me, in my honesty. I'm not going to deceive her. I know I have never loved anyone, and never shall love, that's pretty certain, anyone more than her. But for all that, how can I unite her fate forever to mine? A living being, to a corpse well, not a corpse, to a half-dead creature. Where would one's conscience be? You will say, if there were a strong passion, conscience would have nothing to say. That's the very point, that I am a corpse. An honest, well-meaning corpse, if you like. Please don't cry out that I always exaggerate. All I am telling you is the truth. The truth. Mariana is a very concentrated nature, and now she is all absorbed in her activity, in which she believes. While I... Well, enough of love and personal happiness and everything of that sort. For the last fortnight now I have been going to the people, and alack and alack, anything more absurd you cannot imagine. Of course, there the fault lies in me, and not in the work itself. Granted, I'm not a Slavophil. I'm not one of those who find their panacea in the people, in contact with them. I don't lay the people on my aching stomach like a flannel bandage. I want to have an influence on them myself. But how? How accomplish that? It appears when I am with the people that I am always only stooping to them and listening. And when it does happen that I say anything, it's below contempt. I feel myself I'm no good. It's like a bad actor in the wrong part. Conscientiousness is quite out of place in this, and so is scepticism, and even a sort of pitiful humour directed against myself. It's all not worth a brass farthing. It's positively sickening to remember, sickening to look at the rags I drag about on me, at this masquerade, as Vasily expresses it. They maintain one ought first to study the people's talk, learn their character and habits. Rubbish! 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 One must believe in what one says, and then one may say what one likes. I once chanced to hear something like a sermon from a sectarian prophet. There's no saying what rot he talked. It was a sort of hodgepodge of ecclesiastical and bookish language, with simple peasant idioms, and that not Russian, but white Russian of some sort. And you know he kept pounding away at the same thing like a plover calling. 
the spirit has descended the spirit has descended but then his eyes were ablaze his voice firm and hoarse his fists clenched he was like iron all over the listeners did not understand but they revered him and they followed him while i start speaking like a criminal i'm begging pardon all the while i ought to go to the sectarians really their art is not great but there's the place to get faith faith mariana there has faith she's at work from early morning busy with tatiana a peasant woman here good-natured and not a fool by the way she says of us that we want simplification and calls us simplified folks well mariana busies herself with this woman and never sits down a minute she's a regular aunt she's delighted that her hands are getting red and rough and looks forward to some day if necessary the scaffold while awaiting the scaffold she has even tried giving up shoes she went somewhere barefoot and came back barefoot i heard her afterwards washing her feet a long while i see she walks cautiously on them they're sore from not being used to it but she looks as joyful as radiant as though she had found a treasure as though the sun was shining on her yes mariana's first-rate and when i try to talk to her of my feelings to begin with i feel somehow ashamed as though i were laying hands on what's not mine and then that look oh that awful devoted unresisting look take me it seems to say but remember and what need of all this isn't there something better higher upon earth that is in other words put on your stinking overcoat and go out to the people and so you see i go out to the people oh how i curse at such times my nervousness delicacy sensitiveness squeamishness all i have inherited from my aristocratic father what right had he to shove me into life supplying me with organs utterly unfit for the surroundings in which i must move to hatch a chicken and shove it into the water an artist in the mud a democrat a lover of the people whom the mere smell of that loathsome vodka the green wine turns ill and nearly sick see what i've worked myself up to abusing my father and indeed i became a democrat of myself he'd no hand in that yes vladimir i'm in a bad way i have begun to be haunted by some grey ugly thoughts can it be you will ask me that i have not even during this fortnight come across anything consolatory any good live person however ignorant what shall i say i have met something of the sort i've even come across one very fine splendid plucky chap but turn it which way i will i'm no use to him with my pamphlets and that's all about it pavel a man in the factory here he's vasily's right hand a very clever very sharp fellow a future head i fancy i wrote to you about him he has a friend a peasant elizar is his name a clear brain too and a free spirit untrammelled in every way but directly we meet it's as though there's a wall between us his face is nothing but a no and again another fellow i met with he was one of the hot-tempered sort though now then sir says he no soft soap please but say straight out are you giving up all your land as it is or not what do you mean i answered i'm not a gentleman and i even added i remember lord bless you but if you're a common man says he what sort of sense is there in you do me the favour to let me alone and another thing i've noticed if any one listens to you very readily takes pamphlets at once you may be sure he's one of the wrong sort a featherhead or you'll come on a fine talker an educated fellow who can do nothing but keep repeating some favourite expression one for instance simply drove me distracted everything with him was product whatever you say to him he keeps on to be sure a product oh to the devil with him one remark more 
do you remember at one time a long while ago there used to be a great deal of talk about superfluous people hamlets fancy such superfluous people are to be found now among the peasants with a special tone of their own of course moreover they're for the most part of consumptive build interesting types and they come to us readily but for the cause they're no good just like the hamlets of former days come what is one to do then found a secret printing press why there are books enough as it is both of the sort cross yourself and take up the hatchet and the sort that say take up the hatchet simply write novels of peasant life filled out with padding they wouldn't get printed most likely or first take up the hatchet but against whom with whom what for so that the national soldier may shoot you down with the national rifle well that's a sort of complex suicide it would be better to make an end of myself at least i shall know when and how and shall choose myself what part to aim at really i fancy if there were a war of independence going on now anywhere i would set off there not to liberate anybody whatever the idea of liberating others when one's own people are not free but to make an end of myself our friend vasily the man who has taken us in here is a happy man he is of our camp and a quiet fellow in a way he's not in a hurry another man i should abuse for that but him i can't and it seems as though the whole basis of it doesn't lie in convictions but in character vasily has a character you can't pick holes in well to be sure he's right he sits a great deal with us with mariana and here's a curious fact i love her and she loves me i can see you smiling at that phrase but by god it's so and we have hardly anything to say to one another but she argues and discusses with him and listens to him i'm not jealous of him he's taking steps for getting her into some place at least she asks him about it only my heart aches when i look at them and yet imagine if i were to falter out a word about marriage she'd agree at once and the priest zosim would put in an appearance esaias be exalted and all the rest in due order only it would make it no better for me and nothing would be changed there's no way out of it life's cut me on the cross dear vladimir and you remember our friend the drunken tailor used to complain of his wife I feel though that it won't last long i feel that something is preparing haven't i demanded and proved that we ought to act well now we are going to act i don't remember whether i wrote to you of another friend of mine a dark fellow a relation of the sipyagins he may very likely cook a kettle of fish that won't be swallowed too easily i quite meant to finish this letter before but there though i do nothing nothing at all i scribble verses I don't read them to Mariana, she doesn't much care for them, but you sometimes even praise them. And what's of most importance, you won't talk about them to anyone. I have been struck by one universal phenomenon in Russia. Anyway, here they are, the verses. Sleep A long while I had not been in my own land, but I found in it no change to notice. Everywhere the same death-like, senseless stagnation houses without roofs walls tumbling down and the same filth and stench and poverty and boredom and the same slavish glance now insolent now abject our people were made free and the free arm hangs as before like a whip unused all all is as before and in one thing alone europe asia the whole world we have outstripped no never yet have my dear countrymen sunk into a sleep so terrible everything is asleep everywhere in village and in town in cart in sledge by day by night sitting and standing 
the merchant the official sleeps the sentinel at his post stands asleep in the cold of the snow and in the burning heat and the prisoner sleeps and the judge snores dead asleep are the peasants asleep they reap and plough they thresh asleep the father sleeps the mother and children all are asleep he that flogs is asleep and he too that is flogged only the tsar's gin shop never closes an eye and grasping tight her pot of gin her brow on the pole and her heels on the caucasus lies in interminable sleep our country holy russia please forgive me i didn't want to send you such a melancholy letter without giving you a little amusement at the end you'll certainly notice some halting lines but what of it when shall i write to you again shall i write again whatever becomes of me i am sure you will not forget your faithful friend a n p s yes our people is asleep but i fancy if anything ever does wake it it won't be what we are thinking of after writing the last line neshtanov flung down the pen and saying to himself well now try to sleep and forget all this rot rhymester he lay down on the bed but it was long before sleep visited his eyes next morning mariana waked him passing through his room to tatiana but he had only just had time to dress when she came back again her face expressed delight and agitation she seemed excited do you know alyosha they say that in the tea district not far from here it has begun already eh what has begun who says so pavel they say the peasants are rising refusing to pay taxes collecting in mobs you heard that yourself tatiana told me but here's pavel himself ask him pavel came in and confirmed mariana's tale there's disturbance in tea district that's true he said shaking his beard and screwing up his flashing black eyes it's sergei mialovitch's work one must suppose it's five days now he's not been at home Nezhdanov snatched up his cap. Where are you going? asked Mariana. Where? There, he answered, scowling and not raising his eyes. To tea district. Then I'll go with you. You'll take me, won't you? Only let me put a big kerchief over my head. It's not a woman's work, said Nezhdanov sullenly, as before looking down as though irritated. No, no. You do right to go, or Markelov would think you a coward. And I will go with you. I'm not a coward, said Neshtanov in the same sullen voice. I meant to say he would take us both for cowards. I'm coming with you. Mariana went into her room for the kerchief, while Pavel uttered in a sort of stealthy inward whistle, Aha! Aha! and promptly vanished. He ran to warn Solomin. Mariana had not reappeared when Solomin came into Neshtanov's room. He was standing with his face to the window, his forehead resting on his arm, and his arm on the window pane. Solomin touched him on the shoulder. He turned quickly round. Dishevelled and unwashed, Neshtanov had a wild and strange look. Though indeed Solomin too had changed of late. He had grown yellow, his face looked drawn, his upper teeth were slightly visible. He too seemed unhinged, so far as his well-balanced nature could be. So Markelov could not control himself, he began. This may turn out badly, for him chiefly, and for others too. I want to go and see what's going on, observed Neshtanov. And I too, added Mariana, making her appearance in the doorway. Solomine turned slowly to her. I would not advise you to, Mariana. You might betray yourself and us, without meaning to and utterly needlessly. 
let nashtanov go and see what's in the air a little if he likes and the less of that the better but why should you i don't like to stay behind when he goes you will happy him mariana glanced at nashtanov he stood immovable with an immovable sullen face but if there's danger she said solomon smiled don't be afraid when there's danger i'll let you go mariana silently took the kerchief off her head and sat down then solomon turned to neshtanov and do you brother really look about a little perhaps it's all exaggerated only please be careful someone shall go with you though and come back as quick as possible you promise neshtanov do you promise yes yes for certain since everyone obeys you here mariana and all neshtanov went out into the passage without saying good-bye Pavel popped up out of the darkness and ran down the staircase before him, his iron-shod boots ringing as he went. Was he then to accompany Neshtanov? Solomon sat down by Mariana. You heard Neshtanov's last words? Yes, he's vexed that I listen to you more than to him. And indeed it's the truth. I love him, but I obey you. He's dearer to me, but you're nearer. Solomon cautiously stroked her hand with his. This is a most unpleasant affair he observed at last if markelov's mixed up in it he's lost mariana shuddered lost yes he does nothing by halves and he won't hide behind others lost murmured mariana again and the tears ran down her face oh vasily fedotich i am very sorry for him but why can't he be victorious why must he inevitably be lost because in such undertakings mariana the first always perish even if they succeed and in the work he is plotting for not only the first and the second but even the tenth and the twentieth then we shall never live to see it what are you dreaming of never with our eyes we shall never look upon it with these living eyes in the spirit to be sure that's a different matter we may gratify ourselves by the sight of it that way now at once there's no restriction there then how is it you solomon what how is it you are going along the same way because there's no other that is speaking more correctly my aim is the same as markelov's but our paths are different poor sergei mialovitch said mariana mournfully solomon again gave her a discreet caress come come there's nothing certain yet we shall see what news pavel brings in our work one must be of good courage the english say never say die a good proverb better than the russian when trouble comes open the gates wide it's useless lamenting beforehand solomon got up from his seat and the place you meant to get me asked mariana suddenly the tears were still glistening on her cheeks but there was no sadness in her eyes solomon sat down again do you want so much to get away from here as soon as possible oh no but i should like to be of use mariani you are of great use even here don't forsake us wait a little what is it solomon asked of tatiana who came in well there's some sort of a female article asking for alexey dmitritch answered tatiana laughing and gesticulating i was for saying that he wasn't here not here at all we don't know any such person says i but then it who's why this same female article took and wrote her name on this slip of paper here and says i'm to show it and that'll admit her 
and that if Alexei Dmitrich really isn't at home, then she can wait. On the paper stood in large letters, Mashurina. Show her in, said Solomon. You won't mind Mariana if she comes in here. She too is one of ours. Oh, no, indeed. A few seconds later Mashurina appeared in the doorway, in the same dress in which we saw her at the beginning of the first chapter. End of chapter 30